You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 163, The Blamed, with Brian Patton of As the Story Grows. That's a great fucking record, too. No arguments here. Hosted by Dan Terry. He wants you to be like this the entire time. This is what he makes me do. And Joseph Wren. It's punk rock, dude. You go fast. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you dropped a bottle of vodka into a pile of firewood and made somebody unlock it, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Brian Patton of As the Story Grows. Sup? Not much, man. We got so much cool shit to talk about tonight. We're talking about the blamed... In the uh, coronavirus, yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna date this episode so bad. People are gonna be like, "You guys remember coronavirus?" Yeah. Or, uh, we'll, or we'll all be dead. Well, this is gonna be a fun episode because, like, I've listened to the Blamed for a long time. I have a funny story about the first time I heard the Blamed, and uh, I'll save that for whenever we get into it. But uh, the Blamed is probably one of the most important uh, Christian punk hardcore bands really of of the past god how many years has it been let's see 90 it's like almost 30 years not 30 years why am i just now hearing about them i don't know i can't do math i'm fucking kidding (laughs) they've been an important band because you know when we talked about on this pantera episode that we did recently how i said that cowboys from hell was the uh missing link between like heavy music like like really brutal metal and old school metal and I kind of feel like a band like The Blamed is like the missing link between punk rock and hardcore. Um, is they, they, they very much bridge that gap throughout their career. And they go in some pretty interesting directions, too. Uh, especially, like, in their mid-career. They start doing some, like, really, really cool stuff. And uh, that's why we're talking about them. We, we, we love this band, I, I think, collectively. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. Well, before we talk about you, not me, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, I don't have any new five-star reviews to read this week. But what I do have is a whole bunch of shares on the episodes. I love it when you guys share the episodes, talk about the episodes. Uh, We did a Pantera episode. We did a Job for a Cowboy episode. And um, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know what the feedback is yet on the uh, Chopper Cowboy because it hasn't posted. But we did it. (laughs) Keep on sharing the episodes, guys. Keep on hitting that subscribe button whenever you hear this podcast. You know, unless that unsubscribes you and then don't do that. Uh, But, uh, yeah, just keep telling your friends and family. We really appreciate it. Sharing a podcast is, like, literally the best thing that you can do for us. Unless you want to give us money, in which case some people do give us money. They are lovely Patreon supporters, and I have to shout them out right now. You guys ready for this? I'm ready, dude. At the top of the list, we have Alex Sander, Brian Dean, David Brown, new patron Isaiah Eldridge. Welcome to the party. Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Josh Moser. 
Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Allegood, the king of metal. Native Keebs, Patrick Aspland, and Samuel Woodward. Thank you guys so much. You guys help us out so much, especially uh, especially in these hard times where everybody's sick and dying. You guys are keeping <laughs> us from getting sick and dying. I hope you know that. Our new patron, Isaiah, sent us a comment on one of those Patreon reviews. Podcast is great. Been having fun hitting some of the back catalog. You guys probably get a bunch of recommendations, but I'll name a few random ones that'd be cool. Within the Ruins, The Acacia Strain, August Burns Red, Rings of Saturn, Unearth, dot, dot, dot. The list goes on and on. All of those bands are on the long list. They are coming, and we thank you for your Patreon support. And now Brian is going to tell us all about As the Story Grows. Again. Yeah. Yeah, by the by the time this comes out, I mean, we just did an episode with uh, Andy Godwin from Embodiment, uh, kind of clearing up some of the muck and disdain that came out of the Mark Garza episode that Travis did oh, shit. like four years ago. Um, <laughs> it was great talking to Andy about Embodiment's history way more in depth on the history of Embodiment and the famine. And uh, Liam Wilson talking about Azusa and the end of uh, Dillinger Escape Plan, and he's going on tour with Devin Townsend. So uh, Liam Wilson, great episode. And uh, yeah, just it, it's been a lot of fun. And you guys keep inviting me back to do this show, so it's great. It's a little bit of a distraction. Yeah. We just make you do homework. We're like, hey, you like this band? And you're like, yeah, kind of. Well, let's talk about every album. Right man. now. Right? It's it's easy, man. The Blame, that's an easy band, right? Let's go. Absolutely. So, Dan, tell me about The Blamed. Well, The Blamed is a Christian hardcore punk band uh, that started in California in the early 90s. Well, 1994. It's still early early 90s by a year and um you know uh this dude named brian gray uh started started the band if i'm not wrong about that i think i'm right what is it with guys named brian and being awesome i don't know but it's brian, awesome brian gray spells his name the correct way so he's one of my favorite brian's on that count so <laughs> absolutely it's kind of funny though uh brian used to be in a band called rocks and pink cement which is like the best name for a band i've Fuck ever heard yeah um, but, you know, Brian Gray, I, I'm not going to get into all the member changes uh, that have happened throughout the years because The Blamed has been like, what, basically three different bands at some point, yeah. uh, all with Brian Gray kind of always being the uh, the guy that would always showed up. <laughs> and, uh, man, this band is, uh, is very interesting. They are a missing link band for sure uh, between, between punk and hardcore. But they kind of go all over the map and even dip into some, like, screamo stuff at times. And uh, I find that very, very, very cool. Now, Joe, I don't want to trigger you when I say screamo. I'm talking about the good shit. <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you have that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, so last June, Brian was on As the Story Grows, um, talk, talk about the history of The Blamed, and Rocks and Pink Cement was the band that Tooth & Nail had wanted to sign, and they were more of a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of band, more of a funk uh, rock band. That'd be very interesting. I don't think I've ever heard... Did they? Because they had a demo, didn't they? Yeah, I'd, I've never found it, though. So. We'll, have to, we'll have to spam uh, Brian Gray and, and get a copy of that, because uh, I've always been... Ever since I heard that interview, I was like, man... I need to hear that. I need to get some sort of frame of reference. Yep. 
1994. 21. 21. I would say overall this is probably the most straight punk rock the band had ever been. Um, as a debut, I have to say it's not my favorite Blamed album. Um, just because I'm... Spoilers, guys. I'm not that into straight punk rock. Um, you motherfucker. I know, right? I should just <laughs> give up right now. It's not that I'm not into it. Like I, I actually find it kind of enjoyable. And they did kind of a lot of weird stuff with this song. Or, I'm sorry, with this album. Uh, in the sense that, like, they kind of change up the vocal delivery on a whole bunch of songs. They, they, it's like they're they're trying to figure out, like, okay, what does the blamed sound like? Are we just gonna are we just gonna be a straight punk band? Are we gonna be a little bit poppier? Are we gonna go like more for the throat? Or are we gonna go try to be melodic? There's like there's a lot of different styles going on in this record. Yeah, there's uh, one of the things you guys say on this podcast a lot is it sounds like a first album. And this sounds like a first album for sure. Um, it's definitely got that punk vibe to it. But like the second half of the record, you got Rainbow, which is like a straight song that comes out of nowhere, followed by 3 a.m., which has that old school 80s minor threat hardcore vibe to it. Yeah. In the midst of what what is like a punk, almost pop punk at times record. Yeah, and with it being a tooth and nail release, you know, in 94, it was kind of par for the course, you know, uh, for the types of punk bands that they had at that time, although I would say they're a very early example of that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an interesting listen. It's not, like I said, it's not really my favorite, but I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Like, it's, it's done so earnestly, and it's probably one of the more fun albums to listen to by The Blamed because they get, like, really, really, really serious <laughs> kind of Super as they fucking serious, yeah, yeah as they go, <laughs> and uh, and so that's something to just kind of keep in mind that you know this was kind of their more fun. Um, this is the only one that I would say this is where they truly sounded like a punk rock band, and um, you know in the, in that regard, I think they have uh, yeah, it's a first album. I like I'm trying to find something really really cool to say about it, but uh, it's a first album. It has some really cool songs on it, uh, but for the most part, it's not the it's not my blamed. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> it's straight punk. I love it, but that's all it is, really. Yeah, I mean, there are songs that stand out, like the the album opener, Abuse, I always think is a really cool song that has shades of what's to come later. Um, Drunk is a great one. Um, I've always really loved the album artwork for this record, but Ted Cookerly ruined it for me. Ted Cookerly was on As The Story Grows a few weeks ago, and he was like, oh, yeah, that album artwork is all sprinklers. And I was like, oh, it is. <laughs> and it's still cool album artwork, but it kind of ruined it for me a little bit because I never thought about that. And I was like, oh, it is just a picture of sprinklers in black and white. I got a fucking that. sprinklers, man. Well, hold on. I got to pull that up because I don't, I don't remember oh, yeah, thinking yeah. sprinklers. I got you, dude. Hang on. Blamed 21. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> I never thought about that before. Right, because I always thought it looked cool, but I didn't know if it was like a, a city line. It just shows that I haven't truly looked at it before. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's those are straight up sprinklers. I mean, there's a. I mean, there's. They're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love. I, I I love those '90s abstract album covers. Because like when we start talking about Frail, it's like, what the fuck even is that? Is that? 1996. Yeah, now the frail. I'm like, well, what is that album artwork? Is it just some abstract design, or is it something every day that they took a cool photograph of? 
Well, so Frail was the first Blamed album that I ever heard. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the artwork now, and I don't know what the hell it is. It looks like a fucking jungle gym, but I know that's not what it is, because it wouldn't be that simple. It's like a photograph. Like, like I Sometimes I think it's like a photograph of, like, a bed, but then, like, somebody has made, like, a wireframing, a wireframe drawing, like, with Sharpie on it. Like, I don't know. It's, ugh, that, that, that one's rough. But uh, the album, yeah. the album's kind of rough too, and that's that's what I love about it. Uh, so this is this is kind of like a totally different beast than Twenty One. Uh, Frail is like a hardcore punk record. Like Fuck they just yes, they picked a they, yeah they picked a, a style and they went for it. And um, I love the vocals on this record. I'm trying to remember who the vocalist was. Oh, Jeremy Moffat, that was his name. Yeah, and um, dude just went for the throat. Like he, you know. They're like, how do we become a hardcore punk band? Well, we just play punk rock, and then we have a hardcore vocalist come in <laughs> and just uh, and just decimate. And like his screams are still some of my favorites. And I bought this album actually at a really kind of a lame Christian uh, music festival. Why does it have to be a lame Christian music festival? <laughs> well, it was lame. It was lame in the in the band selection. It was like very. Um, was Zayo on the bill? No, it was it was like. Uh, Jeremy Camp uh, plus one played the first year I went, and um, I think like the hardest band that ever played that festival was uh, like Thousand Foot Crutch, you know. So it was like, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're playing!" And then Cutlass is playing, and then <gasps> Switchfoot, you know. Like so, they was like, that was as hard as you went at some of those festivals, and uh, but the CD sellers didn't get the memo, so I bought like a lot of like really cool stuff. But uh, it, this, I bought this my first year, and I really wasn't like that into hardcore yet. Like, I was still like, "Yeah, you guys heard that new Mudvayne record? It's it's awesome." Fucking, you know. <laughs> and so I bought this record, and I bought uh, Mortification's Triumph of Mercy. Nice. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I get them both home, and uh, I listen to the Mortification album for about twelve seconds, and then like never really listen to it again until we did the discography discussion episode on them. Um, but I listened to Frail by The Blamed like all the time because I was like, because I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't really know anything about hardcore. I didn't really know a whole lot about punk either. Like I could, you could tell it's punk rock like it, as its base, as its backbone. But like uh, the, just the way the dude screams and like, because I'm like, I was like, it, for whatever reason, it's like punk music, but it's like so in your face that it's like more extreme than like all these new metal bands I'm listening to. See, dude, I listen and to I this. And I couldn't figure out why. I listen to this, and I want to old school slam dance, just stomp in a circle. I had more, but I lost it. Okay, <laughs> cool. No, I mean, it, it has that, like, the opening track, Feed Me Ignorant, like, hits you right, like, bam, 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 you want to get in their pit. But you get to, like, For You, which is more of a groovier, quicksand vibe. Yeah. And you have Breeze, which Brian Gray described in that same vein as, like, that first Dave Zaker record, which Jeremy Moffat would go to play drums on eventually. Right. Um, Breeze has that kind of at the moment uh, vibe to it. Uh, so, like, this record, The Blamed is still trying to figure out who they are. They've ratcheted up. They're more hardcore, less punk rock, but they're still a little all over the map trying to find their sound and just experimenting. Yeah, totally. And I, I actually that's one of the things that I really appreciated was kind of having those slower songs, um, you know, like breeze, 
and um, like I wasn't expecting it based on the way the rest of the record sounds. Like you would never, and like if you've never experienced it before, you would just expect if you only listen to the first two tracks, and dis- and that was like how you were gonna judge whether you were into the album or not. You just would expect it to sound exactly that way all the way through. But I thought these, I thought these were really, 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 really cool. Um, I loved Breeze a lot, and uh, for you, awesome. Um, I loved all of that because it, it really broke up a record that, for all intents and purposes, should have only been like twenty minutes long. Right, dude. These are the two-minute songs, the hardcore punk. We're gonna play twenty minutes, play ten songs, and everybody's gonna have a fucking good time. And you got the crucified cover, guy in a suit and the Pope. And I actually like this more than the. Uh, crucified version how if, dare you if that's allowed it's better it, it, it just is it's more it's hardcore blast me but it's better it's an upgrade <laughs> and uh for sure you know and uh brandon ebel uh did backing vocals and guitar on that song nice yeah i don't know if that's true or not but i've heard that it's just something i heard somewhere i'm gonna perpetuate the rumor frail is is awesome but it's also the kind of album that Again, they, they weren't gonna like necessarily stick with this sound. Uh, so whenever we whenever we go into again, 1998, this is uh, like a more straightforward hardcore sound, which I mean, Frail was straightforward also, but I don't know, like this one sounds more like, um, for lack of a better word, like traditional hardcore, if that means anything, uh, you know. Um, it means something to you, damn it. <laughs> I guess it does. <laughs> Um, this is just heavier. It's heavy in a different way. Whereas like Frail was was more of like a punk rock bass with a hardcore screamer. With again, you get like actually like heavier riffs and like just deeper tones and stuff. Where it's going more for a hardcore vibe and kind of pushing the punk rock elements down a little bit. This is that all else failed Zeo vibe of it's not really thrash metal but we're screaming over the top of it. So you kind of have this false metal thing going on. It's still heavy as hell. I know if I was at the show, this would be just charge forward, slaughter everyone in the pit. Everything would be great. But when I listen to it now, it just sounds like punk rock on the open E with hardcore vocals. I still like it, but it's not as much punk. I think you're listening to, you're still listening to frail. No, dude, I'm on again. <laughs> it's, it's it's the obvious next progression from Frail. And Brian Gray had done a stint in Six Feet Deep playing guitar between the two records where you get that more hardcore vibe coming through. Uh, it's it's just that natural progression. It's, it's not necessarily better or that much different. The songs are longer. It's not as fast. It's not as hitting you in the face. They're losing some of the the melodic vibe on it but it's the next progression i mean this is 1998 so it could be new metal no thank god it's not it's not no (laughs) for a second there i thought you were about to make like a 20 minute explanation as to why this is like new metal and i was like well it don't have that funky bass you don't have much faith in me do you you gotta you gotta go back to rocks and pink cement to get funky bass oh shit (laughs) um but yeah, again is again is a good record. It is a progression, like for sure. It was it was interesting because they released late last year an EP of re-recording of certain songs from Again, and they definitely have that more punk hardcore vibe to them. 
they're a little grittier, a little nastier. Part of that's the recording change. But it's interesting to hear them upgraded and given that, like, it gives that hardcore vibe where you're like, yeah, this is where that record was going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like they needed to get here. But I think it yeah. does suffer in the in the sense that I just don't find it to be as interesting of a record as Frail because it doesn't have the dynamics that that record had. Even though they were, like, jolting dynamics. Like, we're like, oh, no, now we're going to do, like, a slow broody song. <laughs> You know, uh, and then the rest of it's just going to be like melt your fucking face off, you know, type of sure. punk rock. Uh, whereas, again, is a little bit more like organically like put together. Um, but it's just for whatever reason, it suffers. Then I just don't find it as interesting because it doesn't have that same immediacy. You know, it doesn't it doesn't blow my mind out the gate when I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, OK, it's another hardcore record and it's by the blamed and it's cool. Uh, but it, it's not necessarily going to stack up to like other hardcore records that I had in 98. Because I mean, you, you look at where hardcore went in '98. I mean, we, <laughs> um, this isn't that, but that's okay. Like I have, no, like I don't hate it. I don't think it's a shitty record by any means, but it's not my favorite, especially based on what was to come. Yeah, 1999, forever. This is where the blame got good. Oh my god, this is where the blame got really fucking good. Really yeah. fucking good. Yes. We went back to the fucking punk rock intensity. We kept the metal, but we inserted more of the punk. We got the hardcore yelling that I know Dan loves. I said hardcore, not emo, because I'm not a dick. It's It's got a, a helmet vibe in the way that it's, it's groovy um, that they hadn't had before. <laughs> uh, you guys need a marriage counselor. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh. <laughs> yeah, like this, this is, this is whenever they got really good. You've got, you've got a little bit of a helmet vibe. You've got the heaviness that we were talking about, you know, on the, on the last record, but they figured it out now where it's like, we have to keep the punk rock there, but we also want to have these like kind of more extended, like groovy jams and stuff. Hell yes. And it's, it stays heavy as piss. The vocals are better in my opinion. Uh, more fitting of the music. And this is just a record that I like kicking back and banging my head to. And I never thought I'd get there on... Like, if, if the only album I'd ever heard was Frail, I, I wouldn't, like, even think it was the same band. Right. For me, this is the kind of record that captures the live show. When I listen to this, I think this is what it sounds like to actually be in the crowd and listen to the band on stage. I go and listen to my favorite band at a live show... I know what I'm going to get, but I'm not necessarily experiencing it like it's a raw vibe. This sounds like a raw vibe. It sounds like the band gets on stage, they play a set, and I just take it in because I don't necessarily know what I'm going to get. It's not overly complex. It's not under intense. It's just, let's be heavy, let's be punk, let's have some metal and fucking yell. And at the end of the set, that band was fucking great, dude. Seriously, what was that band called again? Because I'm blind and I can't read the fucking sign. Well, these songs are actually, like, they're, they're much more put together. Whereas I feel like the previous three albums, it's like, okay, we're going to play this part, we're going to play this part, now we're going to play this part, now we're going to play this part. And then, okay, that's the song, that's a rap. Uh, this this seemed like the first time where they were like, okay, how are we going to construct a song from beginning to end, and it actually like have a, a theme 
And uh, and and I'm not saying like in a prog metal sense where like oh, this music's gonna take you on a journey. It's not like that, but it's more like just uh, they're writing songs that I feel like stick with me a lot more. They're a lot more memorable than they have been up to this point. Yeah, as as a whole album, like the concept and the sound is all going the same place. It makes sense track to track. From Brian Gray, Lance from Living Sacrifice played guitar and drums on Reason Escapes, and he did all the tribal drumming on this record. Um, and this was pre-hammering process, yeah. uh, which tells you where Living Sacrifice was going as well as where the blame was at this point. Yeah, totally. It's it's very uh, interesting how the blamed has always been kind of interwoven into a lot of the bands that I liked around that time. Even though, I mean, I, and I'll have to admit, like, at the time, I wasn't, like, still, like, super into The Blamed. Like, there were been, they were always that band that I knew about but didn't actually listen to, you know, that often. Um, but they had always had so many associations with different guys in the scene that it was, you know, kind of hard to, um, you can't pull them out of the scene and have, like, half the bands that you love, you know? Well, yeah. dude, you've never been into, like, the hardcore punk rock or punk rock in general, you'll listen to it, but it's not what you're looking for. It's 1999. You're on the way to Zayo if you're not there yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I wanted to get into Zayo, you know, 98 would have been a good year to do that. Or Embodiment, you know. Uh, Got to throw that in there. Embodiment's very good. Yes, they are. This is a difficult question. Are we jumping to Isolated Incident? Or are we making a stop at Germany? Well, Germany is considered Germany. a full-length... So I mean, it's a mini album. I don't know what to do with that. Like, I want to say it's an EP, so I can be like, "Fuck it, let's go to the next record." But uh, I don't know. I, I listened to Germany as part of this, so we're gonna do it as part of this. Damn it! Is there a reason it's called Germany? Like, is there a theme here? Like, it's 17 minutes about how everybody still won't stop talking about the thing that happened once in the history. No, it's just a record. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a record by the blamed. Germany is an interesting bridge, I think, between um, between forever and isolated incident. Um, because once we get to isolated, which you know we, we will get to, uh, this is where they're transitioning kind of out of being that heavy, 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 heavy all the time band, and they're kind of going for a little bit more of like a uh, I don't want to say emo because it's really not quite that, but it is. It has it that sound, that though, that melodic overtone that emo is credited for. Right. It just happened to be that way, but it sounds like they were trying to write more melodic songs and not necessarily straight punk rock. It delves into the Discord DC sound. That's what I. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like if I mean, if we want to say emo, like right to Springs Fugazi. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But to me. This is when the blame got into that DC sound that it's still heavy, it's still punk, but it's got that melodic side to it that like you're never quite sure where it's going. You're not sure are are they gonna break or are they building to this thing that's gonna just break and fall apart? Like it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And Germany was the first record to do that. It's a little crunchier, it's not as full as uh, forever was, but it's it's crunchier and it's got a deeper mix to it. Yeah, that that's that's a much better way of saying what I was trying to say because I like oh, there's just something about that sound, like that 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 DC sound, yeah, where it's so immediate and it's so like just out in front without sacrificing any type of musical intensity. You know, like it's 
it's the first time I've listened to a blamed album and I actually like really feel something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I actually like really um can really get into it and just kind of try to immerse myself in what they're talking about because you don't really you don't really hear a lot of especially a lot of Christian based bands really go to that place. You know? And um, and they pulled it off like they had been doing it for years. Excuse me, I have a letter for Discuss Metal Dan. Are you Discuss Metal Dan? Uh, yeah. I have a four-word letter for you. Please sign here. Moving on. Um, <laughs> well, the blame, we're, the blame we're doing it before me without you. Way before. So is that the DC sound? I don't think me I mean, without I, you has I, that. But is, is, is me without you the DC sound? Is that what you're asking? Yes. I think they're influenced by it. I think they they openly admit they're influenced by it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Especially their early records. So the DC sound is the hardcore mixed with melodic alternative rock, and I don't mean alt rock from the '80s. I mean like actual alternative. Yeah, I mean I think if you just say like if you look at Fugazi and Rites of Springs and Dismemberment Plan and Jawbox and everything Jay Robbins has done since Jawbox and beauty pill yeah it's that encapsulation of of melodic with the heavy and like yeah for sure see when i think of fugazi i'm thinking of hardcore intense but we're being nice about it like it's a pleasant group of people to talk to it's a pleasant song to listen to it's not necessarily dissonant like old school heavy metal well, I mean, uh, it can there, get it can get there, there are a lot of people who would disagree that Fugazi is pleasant to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who hear Fugazi and be like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, that's not pleasant to a lot of people. Yeah. But if you listen to them, then yeah, you're like, "Yeah, Fug- I get it. Yeah, there's some groove there." But yeah, no, Fugazi is this like, especially their early records. It's like to the point of like, there's something happening, and they're. You're just waiting for them to break and jump into the crowd and tear things apart. Which is, you know, to put it back on brand, how I feel when I'm listening to The Blamed uh, at this yeah. point in the, at this point in their discography. Um, and I want to just jump into it, isolated incident. Um, you know, Germany definitely introduced us to that sound, but I feel like I feel like they really nailed it on uh, isolated incident. Two thousand and one. Right, right, because you jump into the opening track on that record at this moment great riff to open the song off it's a cool song and then you get to the end and like it kind of slowly unwinds there at the end and jumps right into social calls like you're like oh they're they're unwinding is this going to explode and it, it just goes into the next song yeah yeah it's like a tease and like i really really this is hard because I, I was talking to brian before this and i was like what's your favorite blamed album and i said mine was forever because that makes sense, right? Because it's I'm more into hardcore, so like you know it works. But um, isolated incident is so so good. <laughs> like, and what I what I love about it too is they're not even like they're almost unrecognizable as the same band at this point. Because I mean, for all intents and purposes, they kind of weren't the same band no. uh, that had put out Frail and put out Twenty One and you know all, all of that stuff. So I mean, this makes sense. And you know they're they're kind of modernizing their sound a little bit. Um, 2001 this makes this makes more sense it on on uh online they get the tags of alternative rock and hardcore and i think that that really 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 works here um i love the vocals um they remind me they remind me of like really old at the drive-in records and um because it's not really go for the throat screaming anymore that all the heaviness that you hear is there to kind of create an emotion in you instead of like to be heavy 
you know like so if you're a hardcore band the emotion they're trying to create in you is punch dudes you know whereas uh in this it's more like um they're just trying to create a feeling that follows through and the the intensity of the vocals is more uh because of what the songs are about and what's being said than necessarily just to be heavy or be extreme but they do get they do get heavy they do get extreme yeah i mean in the way they create their sound it's it's heavy Tre- trevor's drumming on this record is phenomenal um and and it just like it, it captures that sound of that moment it's it's got vibes of quicksand and orange nine millimeter and staves acre and uh and what like helmet like and fugazi it's got all that like that post hardcore vibe to it but like it's still the heaviness there but it's it's more based in melodic yeah it's different it's got almost that like dissonant melody uh that i love so much about this kind of music where it's melodic but they're achieving melody in with non-traditional means like <laughs> and uh i because i love i love the dissonance on this record and the uh um no pun intended discord of of it <laughs> um <laughs> And and that is like that's what makes this album so good for me because I just it's hard for me to describe stuff like this. I'm so much better describing metal, but like this isn't straight metal, you know. Um, this is uh, just go listen to it. You can stream it on your, you can stream it on your streaming services. And if you listen to it, like if you were to listen to Blood and Fire, and The Blamed, and then Hearts Once Nourished, Hearts Once Nourished with Hope and Compassion by Shai Halud, like. It all you're like yeah it resonates with both those records, but you would also listen to it next to you know a band like Quicksand and be like yeah that's in that wheelhouse like right. the way the guitars play it's it's not uber heavy and you don't get the crunching of like Dan's vocals but like it's totally got similar vibes to Blood and Fire in the same way it's got the melodic hardcore vibes of Shy Halud's early material and I think that's why it spoke to me because it just seemed you know. Like it's cut from that same cloth, you know, and um, and I love it, and I love it almost as much as I love the next record. Give us Barabbas, two thousand and two, or Barabbas. I don't know. Barabbas, to... come on, man. Have you ever read the Bible? Been to church? I know Brian had him. I just didn't know I could just ask for him. I've never read the Bible out loud, so in my head. <laughs> Actually, for years I used to think it was Barnabas, and there's not even an N in that word. So I mean, <laughs> you know. I'm doing the best I can over here. I thought I was blind. Yeah, this is my favorite record by The Blamed. It's where they get their most experimental. Um, 1200 Stairs is easily my favorite song. The bass riff that kicks that song off is phenomenal. That song is heavy. They do some cool stuff um, on the end of that song. Like You get some cool sounds and riffs and grooves. You got the saxophone or trumpet or whatever going fucking bonkers at the end of it. Like it's great yeah this was their pull out all the stops record like i mean and i don't know if it was written and i I wish i remembered if it was written because they knew it was going to be their last album or at least at the time what they thought was going to be their last album um but it definitely takes that sound from isolated and i feel like amplifies it up to 10 yeah for sure it's one of the very first times where i was like wow this band has actually become truly chaotic and i don't mean like training for utopia chaotic but just like chaotic in the sense of um i don't know like a lot of the bands we just described like that just that discordant sound and you know shouted vocals they kind of remind me of frotus a little bit on this record some some frotus vibes nation of ulysses um there are songs on this record and isolated in isolated incident that uh 
Marco from Self-Minded played on um, that, according to Brian, was supposed to be its own release, but they just didn't have enough songs to be its own album. So it just got absorbed. Yeah, into the two. Nice. See, I listen to this, and the first thing that comes to mind is Raw Rock. I know Showbread gets credit for being Raw Rock. To me, there's a difference between raw, heavy music and music that is heavy by design. If I'm heavy metal or if I'm thrash or if I'm hardcore punk, I'm going to be loud, distorted, intense. I'm going to be yelling at the crowd. This sounds like a band that wants you to listen to them while they make heavy music on stage. Not necessarily who you're going to interact with on an individual level. I, I get the vibe, but it's more of the laid back vibe of, yeah, we're here. And we're going to be intense for the next 20 minutes, and you're going to enjoy it. Sure, sure, because the record has those different groups and different vibes. I mean, You Not Me kind of sits back in the pocket, and you're listening to it, and it's got a great groove, and then it builds and explodes at the end of the song, coming off of 1,200 stairs, which just gets insane at the end. And then they kind of bring you back in and blow you back. Yeah, the record is all over the place in that it it has the same vibe but the songs just are so chaotic one to the next yeah i mean you could call it raw rock yeah but not not in the same way showbread is for sure it's quite literally its definition raw rock music yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's laid back it's here it's doing its thing it's not asking me to buy into it it's going to be what it is whether or not i choose to stop and listen to it or not i don't know if laid back's the word i would use to describe it but uh I definitely there are laid back moments. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of kind of got the most chill moments out of everything they've done for the past few records. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, we talk about how they're so super serious now. Yeah. I mean, we don't you guys don't talk about EPs, but you're not paying me to be here, so um after this oh, record shit. they did a <laughs> Did they Brian did Patton just hijack the fucking show? It's all his I now. Here I am. Um this is what it <laughs> Um, they did a split with the Bangways Toys after uh, Give Us Barabbas, and, and they just expanded on the experimental side of this record. Um, and the five songs, what, four songs on that EP are phenomenal. That just expand on that experimental side, and they're some of the best songs The Blamed ever put out. So I just wanted to get that in there. So That took 16 years. What has the band been doing since 2002? Because Give Us Barabbas was the last record for a very long time. I mean, nothing. Just hanging out, trying to get ready, man. Yeah, so what what happened in the last 18 years? Uh, All all kinds of shit. About The Blamed, I'm not entirely certain. Uh, I feel like Brian Patton could help us out on that, uh, as he is the one who has interviewed the man, the myth, legend, Brian Gray. I, I should have listened. I don't remember what he said. What did he say? God damn. I edited it and I posted it, but I, I don't remember what he said. <laughs> I typed show it's, notes. He should be here tonight, but what? What, did he, what is it? He's got laryngitis? Yeah. I looked at my show notes. There's nothing in my show notes about that. I mean, he talked about like just the stress and strain of all the member changes and how hard it was to keep the band going all that time throughout all those years. There was probably some Japuza stuff as 
that we don't need to get into Japuza. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree. Other podcast. <laughs> I agree. It's really hard to keep a band together, um, especially when you live on a commune. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but like, it's really hard, wow, dude. To, it's really hard to keep a band together, especially like this, where you're constantly changing. You're constantly trying to one up the last thing that you did, whether that's with your old guys or with new guys. And, um, the blame for whatever reason they just never got the same level of popularity or respect that a lot of bands got that came from that scene because they'd been around since like the fucking beginning of it and had survived all the way up to that point like till 2002 and right. for whatever Brian reason Brady they're not catching on and his band yeah totally yeah because he was in so many other because he was in mortal um I mean, he's he in, did a stint, i mean sacrifice yeah he was in six deep i mean he did weapons Left Unsaid? Is that the band? Left out in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, Wonderhead, the satire. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude's just been in some bands and was more prolific, like you said, than the actual band. And um, I think that that's the that's the crux of it that, you know, it's for a lot of reasons the same reason why Living Sacrifice, quote unquote, broke up two years later was because they were these like pioneers in this scene, but they're not getting like the same type of recognition the newer bands are getting. And it's not, and I know with a band like The Blamed, it's not about recognition, but like it has to be profitable enough to continue doing it. You know, it's not that I think that they thought that like, oh, The Blamed's going to get really popular tomorrow and then we're going to be like a huge band. And I'm just talking out of my ass here. I'm just like putting myself in Brian's shoes and trying to, trying to see it from that perspective. Where, you know, I'm having constant member changes. I'm trying to keep this together. I love this band. I love what we're doing. But I just have to get a couple of more people to love it in order for us to keep doing it. And, and, and from... Go ahead. No, it's all you. No, I was going to say, and, and from the time they broke up in 2003, they did a reunion stint. Sid and Jeff, who are in the band right now with Brian, in 2012, that didn't really go anywhere. And then from 20, it just took them from 2016 and more member changes from that point on to get to the churches hurting people. Right. Yeah. Because I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. I was not prepared for this record to come out. <laughs> I um, I don't want to say I'd written the blamed off. I remember listening to your interview with Brian and being like, oh, dude, I haven't listened to the blamed in forever. You know was like literally my first thought and then i was like so i really like started kind of going back and digging into these records and um yeah unfortunately just took us this long for us to put them on the calendar uh but it was definitely one of those i was like we need to do an episode on the blamed like at some point because i love these records i had just kind of forgotten that i did you know just because there's so many bands out there that it's almost if you're not putting out continuous content people forget about you um so whenever they put out the church is hurting people number one i was like that's such a fucking great name and i was really surprised when i heard it they're going back to the punk rock sound a little bit yeah and i say a little bit because they haven't really abandoned what they built on uh give us uh give us barabbas you know give us barabbas whatever um <laughs> you know or isolated incident like they're still that same band but they're kind of hearkening back to maybe what the old school fans would want there's a little bit more frail on there. There's a little bit of, again, um, vocals are pissed off. Hardcore. They introduce more hardcore into this one again. I hate to say this about comeback records, but like they literally are. It's like a, a, a blender of everything that they've done before. All in one record. Because yeah. the comeback yeah. record is we got new people. We changed our sound. And we still want you to take us seriously. Or it's what the fans want, which is everything you did over the last 25, 30 years. 
I think it's more of what Brian wanted to do from talking to him when he was on As the Story Grows. I think it was more what he wanted to do. Jim Chaffin's back in the band, so you get the fast drums, the heavy drums. Sid from Head Noise is in the band. Um, and I think they just wanted to make a hardcore punk record again. So it, and, and you know what? Is it my favorite Blamed record? No. Is it really good? Yeah. What they set out to do, they did a really great job. I think it's a fantastic record. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the hardcore fan in me is very satisfied. The little itty bitty tiny punk rock fan in me is satisfied. Um, but they still have that discordant textured sound that they built on the later half of their career. Like that sure. stuff's all still there. And and that's what I like the most about it is that they they weren't like a lot of bands that are like, oh, we tried a different sound later on, but we abandoned it and went back to the sound that we know people like. Like it wasn't cheap like that. It's like this is this is what we've been building to. And it's probably like every guitar idea Brian Gray has had between the last record and this one. It's just been so many years that yeah, he's he's gone through like a variety of different styles. And it's like, well, how do we put all this together into a record? And I think it came together beautifully. Right. Like there that opening rift on every time I win, I lose. Uh, feels similar to Isolated Incident with more of a, a punk vibe. But then you get Then I'll See You in Hell, which is 42 seconds of minor threat, bad brains, hardcore. Right. This gave me flashbacks to talking to Don Bastard. And hardcore punk in 2019 is not necessarily what I'm paying attention to. But when I find it, I'm glad that it's still there. That right. 1979 full speed ahead we're just gonna be heavy and fast and we don't give a shit about what you think because we're gonna tell you about what we think to me that's still valuable and i don't hear very much of that because doing this show especially i listen to a lot of metal bands and records that have come out over the past 40 years so i'm not necessarily listening to hardcore punk every day and then The Church is Hurting People comes up because it's on the discography. To me, this is a breath of fresh air that makes me want to go listen to nothing but hardcore punk. Right. This this could easily have been the follow-up to Again, which, you know, in some ways you look back and you go, is that the record they wanted to make? But in other ways you go, that's, like, that's great that you can harken back to that sound that so many people love that just driving forward and have it be fresh and relevant um, and fit your discography. Totally. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing on this where, like, I felt like they went in a totally different direction. Everything they did, despite the different styles that they played over the years, it's very, very the blamed. You know, like, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's what we were expecting out of them, but it's kind of like what we hoped that they would do. Because, you know, sometimes bands like this will reunite and they'll get quote-unquote popular again in the minds of the fans and then they'll put out a record that's either like extremely different than what we were expecting or uh it'll be kind of like i kind of liken it to uh to like when hopes fall came back how they put out a record that would appeal to older fans but still kind of pushed on in their more modern direction absolutely you know like it where it's like dude if you've ever been a fan of this band at any point you're gonna find something that you're gonna like on the new record yeah, I'm not going to talk about Hope's Fall on this show with you guys if it's not Hope's Fall. Well, you know. I Jen, know. Dan knows where I stand on this. I know, I know. I'm not saying they sound no, like Hope's Fall. I'm Hope's saying Fall is that, one of my all-time favorite bands, but I, I, I think, I'm not saying they're overhyped, but I think we need to scale back the Hope's Fall comparison, guys. I didn't compare <laughs> I agree, them to Hope's I Fall. Hope's I, Fall came, I, I agree. Hope's Fall put out 
um, a perfect record when they reunited. There, there's nothing bad to say about Arbiter. Right. Um, and, I, and I agree, it appeals across um, generations of fans. Uh, I don't know that if you if your favorite records are Isolated Incident and Give Us Barabbas, that you listen to the church inserting people and you go, this is what I want. But if you're a fan of The Blamed, and their whole discography, this is exactly what you want to hear, I think. Yeah, I think this I think this kind of like whatever your jumping on point was for the blamed, you're gonna like the church is hurting people. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. I wasn't trying to that's, like that's, say they sounded like <laughs> hopeful. <laughs> I wanna be clear. Are you Brian Patton saying that we, discussmetal.com, need to cut down on the hopes fall comparisons? I, I think you compare too many bands to Hope Solomon's. Then for the first time in a long time, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Soul's one of my like top five all time favorite bands, but I'm I'm just saying. Why not top three? Um because I can count to five. <laughs> Fair. Because I can count to five. I don't because the ranking ranking's not fun man. Final thoughts on the blamed. Brian Patton. Man, I I love the blamed. I I love their later material. I loved Isolated Incident, Give Us Barabbas. When they moved into that sound, I love them. But I think their discography, the way it grows and evolves, makes sense. And um, I, I, I think they're a legendary band without the legendary fame. I, I don't even know if that makes sense. But um, yeah, people should listen to The Blind. That's, that's what I would say. They're great. They're great. Dan, what about you? I think it's kind of a tragedy, like looking at their body of work that they aren't a more well-known band. I mean, obviously in the Christian scene, they've got their fans, but I always wanted to see a band like The Blamed kind of like crossover more. And maybe that was their goal. Maybe it wasn't, but they they did so much stuff right. And they were always intense. It just, it just breaks my heart to think that like The Blamed is going to play some festival at some point and half the people there, it's the first time they're ever going to be hearing The Blamed. And I, I feel like it shouldn't be that way. I, I wish that they were a bigger band uh, because they put in the hard work, they put in the dedication. They are always intense. They always meant it. And um, and yeah, I think like Brian said, you should just listen to the blame. I mean, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to really capture it. I think you just need to hear it for yourself. It's awesome. They're not, you know, the heaviest band in the world. They're not the most technical band in the world. Uh, because that's not their goal. Their their goal was always just to make intense, passionate punk rock music, and they, they always did that. Listen to The Blamed, because in the grand scheme of heavy that we all seem to enjoy, hardcore punk is still a thing that exists. And even if you consider it to be not so heavy because you listen to grindcore, it has its place. It has its time. Sometimes it's fun to just listen to a band play chords and trudge forward with a punk rock beat and hardcore vocals and sometimes it's fun to listen to Zayo or Slayer or Gorguts because fuck you that's why <laughs> so for the fans of hardcore punk should you stay should you go you should be listening to the blamed Dan what's your album of the week my album of the week that's kind of a complicated one Joe it's actually conceived in fire by living sacrifice I was getting really stoked for their 30-year anniversary tour. Not tour, sorry. It's just a show, show. but um, it got postponed because, uh, you know, viruses and stuff. My understanding, too, is that they were going to go ahead and play the show regardless, but the venue's the one that shut it down. Oh, man. Brian, what about you? 
My album of the week is Kitsune by Marriages because I just love shoegazy metal. And um, yeah, I, I just keep coming back to this record, even though it's however many years old. I, I just love it. For me, it's The Clash, London Calling. That's a great fucking record, too. Yeah, it is, dude. Classic. I mean, too, no arguments here. See, I get in the punk rock mood and I start listening to all the classic punk rock records and eventually you land on The Clash and nobody's complaining about The Clash or else they're going to die in my studio. All right, I'll just keep my next sentence to myself then. I'm just kidding. I don't hate The Clash. I mean, come on. It's The Fucking Clash. (laughs) Take us out, DFT. You know, sometimes I'm listening to a podcast and I'm thinking to myself, why are they talking about this? I want them to talk about this. Well, the reason they're not talking about what I'm thinking is because they can't read my mind. Therefore, I can't read your mind either. So if you want us to talk about a band, just tell us. Send us an email at show at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. We have a Discord server where there's people talking all the time. It's awesome, even in the middle of the night because they're from all over the world. Uh, there's going to be a link in our show notes if you click on that link. You can absolutely join our Discord server and meet up with those people, talk about the show, talk about your favorite bands, memes for days. I'm just saying it's a lot of fun there. And uh, there's uh, something else cool you can do that we've developed recently. And uh, have you ever wanted like a discography discussion t-shirt or a coffee mug or how about some comfy socks? Uh, We've got all that stuff for you. There's going to be a link in our show notes to our web store. Buy a t-shirt. We lowered the prices to where we basically don't make any money off of anything. So, just fucking order that shit, dude. We've got a, we've got, we've got a, a hoodie up there for twenty four ninety nine. You are never going to get a hoodie that cheap anywhere. So check it out. And on that note, this has been episode one sixty three of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Brian Patton and As the Story Grows can be found online at asthestorygrows.com and on all your social media platforms. All of them. Hey, can I have some money? $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 